Welcome back to Big Content. It's a good week. We have a lot of questions. I have a lot of things to talk about. The spotlight is on you now. Why? Because people said I was high as shit on the last one? No. Well, that's another <laughs> That's another topic we can speak of. I think it was just the, the new relaxing the environment. The no headphones. Like no headphones. Mm-hmm. Kick the feet up. Ooh, are those were those ones dunks? I don't know. They called. I don't know. I have either. no clue. I was hoping you were like. I'm not I a sneakerhead. Yeah, I'm not a sneakerhead, but I would like to be. Like, I. It's interesting. This is not what this podcast is about. Are you interested though? Uh, <laughs> I feel like your take was going to be so stupid that I. No, was, no, no, no. It, had, it, it I, became interesting to I, me as you were talking about it. I had a discussion with someone, and it was like, "What is the new accessory that kind of is?" You know, for the new male accessory, because watches, a lot of people went to like an Apple watch or one of those fucking Fitbit bullshits that that track your sleep. If you're sleeping, you're sleeping. If you're not, you're not. Um, That's a bar. So now it's like hat or shoes. Okay. When originally it was like, I think the statement piece was a watch. Everyone wore suits to the office, that whole thing. So I would like to potentially get a sneaker hat, but like... It's expensive, and I'm not really a showman. But Here's I think the thing about becoming that. a sneakerhead, it's it's like one of those things. I think you probably really need to be passionate about, right. or it needs, or you need to focus on it to be like your main point of income. Like you don't learn anything to the depth of being a sneakerhead to the level that you need to without falling into one of those two categories. Right, it's like right. most things in life, I, I feel like if you're gonna, if it's gonna be monetary, or if it's gonna be like something that you're super knowledgeable about. You have to be passionate. Well, you could collect, which or is the passion, I guess. Passion, yeah, or if you're doing it for money or a combination. But I yeah. feel like your back's got to be against the rope and you're like, I'm just going to pick this and go all in on it. But yeah. I think the time that you'd have to invest to really become like part of the community yeah. without sounding like an idiot. Is what about just wearing cool, having like having shoes being but a consistent But how do you know? I think, I think like... I, th- I think people would be able to tell, you know, when you're not yeah. really in it, yeah. you'll either like say, <laughs> or you'll wear things that like the real people right. know that's not actually right, that cool. Right. You that's know? like the, that's like the trendy thing. That's not the real trendy. The, the real thing. ones will always know. Yeah. You know? yeah so you're either real or you're not. Yeah. Um, not. You got, you got plastered on Twitter a little bit. Wait, where? I love, see, this is so funny how you like, <laughs> I don't think any negativity ever gets to your head. <laughs> how, uh, okay. So you did you, last weekend. You and Casey went to eight games or whatever. Yeah, and you took a, oh, oh, you took okay. a video of a kid on uh, what team? What college team? Uh, Fordham. Fordham. So there's a basketball player on Fordham. He's very small in stature. Yeah, Jack. Well, he's listed at at five eleven. Okay, so he's that's, probably what is he, five eight? Fake news. Five eight maybe. He looked like he was five, five four. Okay, <laughs> so we're going we're doubling down on this. <laughs> so Jack took a video. It was that one was at MSG or Barclays? That was at Barclays. All right, so they're playing at Barclays. And this kid's like warming up, and Jack took the video, and uh, and he was basically like, "I could have played D one. They were D one. Yeah, I could have played D one. Making fun of the kid, being like, he's small, he's undersized. I could beat him in basketball. Yeah. And apparently, he's like a high school legend. Yeah. So people on Twitter just uh... tore you apart. <laughs> they did say they were like, he scored seventeen hundred points in high school. I'm like, is that? I one I, is that really? It might have been twenty seven hundred. Let me let me break it down though. Yeah. So Fordham is up in the Bronx, which I didn't know about. Um, and they were playing in Barclays. So they had a crazy crowd come out for the game. Mm. Also being in New York, tweeting about the Knicks, working with MSG. I've got a little bit of, an, of a New York following. 
because of that, I've also got a, a, a tiny little, you know, you need one or two people from Fordham to see it, then it spreads. So someone from Fordham found it. They start responding back. Then one of his teammates or one of the managers found it, and then he retweeted himself. So once he saw it, it got kind of thrown into. So then I'm seeing all these messages, and he's being like, like everyone's like, he would trash you. Now people are my, upset. Yeah, yeah. My fiance is not like, even knowing how good you are at basketball, right, of which course, is the best part. Of course. Yeah. My fiance is from Long Island. I've played out with her dad. And the best kid at their high school played one. So I was like, I was pretty excited because where I played, I played in Maryland. And I, I was a starter on a team that went 0-18 in conference. Now, Beast. in that conference, uh, we played against Emmanuel Quickly. We played against, like, Phil Booth, who won a national championship at Villanova. Now, I was nowhere close to D1. But I've played real competition. Then when I played in Long Island at the park and the best kid came out and I was better than him or maybe even as good as him, I was like... Hmm. And then I started talking to people and like Long Island basketball, certain parts is pretty bad. So then this kid was from a small school. I don't know if it was in PA or, or Long Island. I started looking at his clips, his highlight reel. He can shoot the shit out of the rock, obviously to make it to that level. You, you, you gotta, gotta be, you gotta be good at, but I still think he, he weighs 150 pounds. So I'm, probably quick as fuck off the dribble. Maybe, but also he, it's not like he started for Fordham, right? Like, he could have been the last guy on the bench. Anyways, it turned into kind of like a, not viral thing, but a mini viral thing. So I challenged him to a game one-on-one. So, uh, -on -one. so now that their season unfortunately ended, I'm going to play him in, you know, hopefully a month or is that, so. Is that really going to happen, you think? I, I think it actually will. So he, I found out after doing a little research, he's Did actually... Did you, like, speak to him afterwards? Yeah, I DM'd with him. Okay. I DM'd with him. Um and I and I meant obviously no hard feelings. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. Uh, maybe you know we'll see what happens. I was ready to turn on you, <laughs> <laughs> but he's actually a barstool athlete. The who, old who isn't exactly yeah. the old barstool athlete. So uh, it'll be fun to like hopefully play. If he smashes me, that like I think it's a good moment for him. If he doesn't, I think it's an interesting moment because I have four years of eligibility left. So four you know, might swap you out. Real yeah, quick. you never Shit. know how it could end up. Do you th what are the odds? Do you think uh, after watching his highlights and like getting? I mean, you saw him in per or did he play at all? He didn't play. Just <laughs> it's just in war. Sad. <laughs> uh, what, what do you give yourself a chance of winning, like 30, 20? Yeah, it's tough to say. I'm not a good one-on-one -on -one player. I'm more of like a pass-first team guy below the rim, Russell Westbrook, obviously. But I'm much bigger than him. It's tough to gauge, like, if I'll be able to guard him at all. Now, he's a shooter, right? So if he's making open threes, then he'll probably kill me. If he's not making open threes, then he'll probably have a tough time scoring because I can just lag off and, and be taller than him and, and bigger. Um People are probably listening like, is Jack like 210? Like, I'm 15 pounds bigger than him. It's Jack's not like 6'6 <laughs> six, six for nothing. <laughs> so we'll see. It, it's interesting. I just like, you know. I would put him at like a minus uh, like 1350. What? D1 player, dude. I've played against my buddy who played D1 at Texas. I, You know, he wasn't going full out, but, like, we Actually, were... that is a dumb fucking statement. But I've literally never seen either of you guys play. <laughs> right. That was stupid. Kicking field goals, though, I'm minus 13.50 over you. That's over for him, sure. yeah. Over for you. Sure, for over him. you over him for, for sure. sure. We need to find a football field ASAP in so, New York. So play. it's funny, like, you know, as we relate this back to, to the show... I were, were putting a lot of attention into YouTube and this was not done intentionally. Right. And a lot of this 
influencer boxing stuff is obviously all planned and coordinated these fake beefs like i have zero beef with the kid i just think it's actually an interesting case study like what's the average d1 player against the average youtuber or the average fucking schmuck who you has probably already have like 10 different alternative titles for the video <laughs> exactly i challenge a d1 player to basketball and got and you won't believe the results. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> Thumbnail is like yeah. him, like on LeBron's body, dunking on me. So yeah, it it'll be fun. We do have to make it happen. Um, but yeah, low low risk for me because I'm not labeled. Yeah, as, it's, it's it, all the risk is on him. You want to know what it actually reminds me of? And it's it's my dream because I'm a I'm I don't want to say I'm a big WNBA fan, but I highly suggest runs in the family. Casey's, Casey's a big fan. Dying but, for you to let him rip. Yeah. But but go to a WNBA game. You'll see how talented these people are. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, 99% of the males or whatever percentage are more athletically gifted. They're faster, stronger. That's just genetics. But they're hyper-talented. What this really needs to evolve into in my head is like, okay, what's the level of male basketball player that can beat a WNBA player? Like, Put it up to the test. I'm know? not. I'm gonna. Admit, I'm gonna say something right now. When I was, uh, this was like my brain was at least like eighty percent developed by the time I had this thought. <laughs> I genuinely thought I could beat any college women's basketball player right. when I was in high school. Right. Which can be further from the truth. There's like six foot six fucking centers at Stanford and whatever. Yeah. I was. I was genuinely like, there ain't no way you're getting by me. You know, right. like I'm bodying you right, on the right. court, like all this shit, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just need to get that off. And what percent? What percent developed are you now? Like brain wise, I went back. <laughs> yeah, I went back. Yeah. Yeah, so, sure. so like here, here's the reference points. There's this this story about the U14 so Dallas soccer team that beat the U.S. Women's World Cup team, right, in a scrimmage, three or four one. You can look it up, right. So you've got that point of reference. Yikes. Then you've also got like the uh, you'll pull random college kids off the off the streets and have them manage, but also player manage and also play against the girls in like college practice. And like, I'm sure there's guys who are better than the girls there. I also know Arike Ogumbawale who's one of the top players in the WNBA. Her brother, Dare is a running back on Houston. I've seen them play before. She cooks the fuck out of him. Like she destroys him. And so he's probably good at basketball, football players, whatever. But like, we're talking from a pure athlete standpoint. So I, I don't think that it necessarily depresses the women's game if they were to do this type of thing. I also understand the can of worms that it opens up. If, do what kind of thing? Like, my my end goal is, not actual end goal, but like... To figure we, out some sort of scale? We, exactly. We, we I think need, that'd be cool. So that the conversation can stop, and it can be reorchestrated to the girls' game is more fun because it's... It, it is so much better from a team perspective. The shooting is is dynamite. Like, they are lights out from shooting. Now, they're not dunking. They're not doing reverse, you know, these crazy shit that John Morant's doing. But that doesn't mean that the men's game is necessarily better or that, like, all men can beat these girls. Uh, so that's what I would love to see. So I think this is, like, a little appetizer to the the thought process behind how do we know like can I mean I saw a guy on YouTube can a woman beat a exactly <laughs> exactly um, yeah I just you know it, it felt good to have the tables turn on you a little bit after the last like month or two of my life you know getting, you know I'm constantly getting trolled on Twitter you know what's funny like I don't even yeah. 
I guess it happens to you so often that I don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, of course. Like yesterday, I put out a tweet like uh, Jalen Hurts regression coming, you know, Dallas Cow. That I was honestly a little bored, but like uh, it could happen. You are and like kind of you. You do put shit out just for the reactions. No, eh, it depends. It depends. Uh, this wasn't for the reaction. I just you know we were doing the video. It was a way to promo, like posting every game. I saw that moment. You never know what happened. Okay. Um. <laughs> I, I enjoy how much you enjoy that. I just thought it was funny because I saw it originally. Yeah. I didn't even think twice about it. I right. think I saw like Pete's comment and I kind of right. like chuckled and yeah. I was like, I wonder if Jack could actually beat the guy. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I saw your follow up tweet that was like, yeah, I'm apo- like apologizing to the kid <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I was like, ah, some shit must have happened. <laughs> um. Okay, switching switching gears. I wanted to. Um, I've gotten on a call with a I don't know if I want to call them a company they're they're like a brother duo that they're developers and they've been building out some some tools and some products and stuff that I came across like last week or two weeks ago and I immediately reached out I was like that's something we could probably use um so as I've explained a few times kind of on air about the direction of BDG we have like three main pillars it is Great fantasy content year-round, great products that service the people that watch that fantasy content, and then documenting us trying to build this whole thing out. Um, and within that, I've never done a good job of like really bringing great products to light outside of... We, we do the same products year over year, but I've never really like built on it and been like, man, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to put out in the world and capitalized on it. Some of it is because projects that I want to overtake take a long-ass time yeah. to build out. Some yeah. of it's just like we don't have the money to put into developers to build out what I want. But as I'm thinking about our business and scaling the way we want to, there's always been like a few specific products that I'm like, man, I wish we had this out like two, three years ago. It would have been like a gold mine. Mm-hmm. And I came across a website that was built out by these, these brothers that basically have already built out exactly what I've been looking for. And on the top of the website, literally was like a message written by the developer that says like, hey, I just got laid off of my job. If anyone's looking for a backend developer or freelance work or whatever, message me here on Twitter. And I was like, oh fuck, this feels like destiny because I love the site. And I was like, this is such a smooth product that I would love to add to our arsenal. So reached out to them. I've gotten on two calls with them. Now we're emailing back and forth about a, you know, whether it's strategic partnership. It's, It's a pretty basic fantasy tool at the moment. They have a couple tools on their website. When we got on the call with them yesterday, they were like, we had a VC approach us about investing into our company for a percentage of our company. And I was like, okay, they're starting to get the, the mm. warranted attention. And originally when we for talked- For them as developers or for that product? That, that, that product, like okay. that website, Got it. Uh, whatever the company is going to be called. So they own that website as well. They built the website. Got They've been it. building it for like five years pretty Holy much. So two bro- one's an actual developer. One is a uh, data, maybe data engineer or something. And why fantasy? Like they were building for someone else or they, no, 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 they were building fantasy. like they're, they're interested in it themselves. It. So they were building out the product that we, that I've always wanted, but I'm yeah. not like not, you know, nerdy enough to be able to build yeah. it out or like know the actual workings of how to build something like that out. But they got offered. So I'm like, okay, they're starting to get interest. And it was never like when I first got on the call, I was like, okay, maybe there could be something where there's like an acquisition, but also dealing with the developers, they make a lot of money. Like I, yeah. if they wanted to be like bought out, it'd probably have to be at a financial level mm-hmm. where it's something we you know, we can't afford. So we're, we're thinking through different ways to partner with them. We're thinking through different ways to make this super convenient for both sides of it. And I think what we're walking through right now, and this is kind of just me just talking about the process, but I do want to turn it back to you in a sec. Um, we're thinking like, I'm almost like consulting with them because they don't have any marketing 
experience in the fantasy space. I'm like, why don't you guys sell B2B? Like, this is right. a very cool product, a very cool suite. Have businesses like myself, creators, brands, or whatever, utilize your tools or suite. Mm-hmm. Like, have it uh, a la carte, like, as they want to use onto their website or whatever. We would use some of their tools, put it behind, like, our membership site and offer that to our audience. So, it's like, they already built it out and they have it available on their site, but, like, we already have the audience. So, it's easy for us to distribute it that way. And we're thinking, you know, a multitude of different ways. We have to finalize how we want to do this. But I'm thinking more and more about, um, like, Snapback and I think we should, I think we should, the, one of our, our goals on, on this podcast should be to figure out how to productize something in your brand. Yeah. Because I think like the key to being a full-time creator, if we're trying to help people out here, sure, you can make enough money to be full-time through like sponsorships and partnerships and stuff. And you and I both have a very heavy reliance on those to keep us financially afloat. But I think the end goal for every creator should be build audience one, figure out how to have the audience go straight through you and not through the secondary markets, mm-hmm. secondary websites in a sense. And we're financially well off enough at this point and big enough to the point where like we can think of acquisitions and we can yeah. start. You think of like Google, right? They acquire companies all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this small, tiny company in like Minnesota built out the infrastructure for this tool. Mm-hmm. We're not going to spend six months building it out internally. Let's mm-hmm. just fucking buy them. Yeah. And that becomes part of our infrastructure. And we're not, we're not. Are like, you Google they, to play now? <laughs> I mean, listen, chat GPT, you got competition, BDG. Yeah. But that's why I'm thinking now. I'm like, we could, you know, if we really want to start investing serious dollars, we could buy a company that already has the infrastructure built out for like draft boards and championship belts yeah. and trophies and shit yeah. like that. And that's how I'm thinking of productizing yeah. and stuff like that. My thing was like, I wanted to kind of flip it back to you and almost have this process be something that we talk about on the air and, and yeah. kind of figure out like where your head is at with that. Cause we've talked about it briefly before. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that you want to do. I don't know how serious you've gotten into like thoughts or ideas or even conversations with your team internally. But again, I think it's helpful for creators because once you build the audience, your next thought process should be what's a product, what's a service, what's something I could provide my audience that I create, that I give to them. And it gives you flexibility to use it even as like partnerships. Like for us, we build out the draft guide. If we're working with the prize picks, it's it's easy for us to say, hey, if you sign up a prize picks, you get access to our draft guide for free. So it's it's like a low-hanging fruit for a lot of different things that put – stuff in motion. Yeah. I don't want to say you create value out of thin air, but that draft, right? The way like the gambling world is and how like the lifetime value of a customer. Like right now with March Madness, we put up cash, right? But if you have a product, you could say, you know, top hundred spots, get a draft guide, top five, get hats, whatever. So a couple of thoughts. One product has been a huge chatting point with everyone I talk to right now, just from a general consensus. Like, Mm Ads will obviously be there. Advertising for a media company will always be part of the revenue stream. It has to. But you want to get into products, right? That's where your margins can get higher. That's where you can grow and multiply. Uh, I have a call later today, actually, about with, with some other people talking about product. So that's part of it. Secondly is... Uh, profitability versus just top line revenue. Like the last two years have been this mania of raise money, revenue, scale, growth, content, right? And now everyone I talk to is like, oh, we're probably going to like value companies on sound businesses, like yeah. making money, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is great because we're a profitable company and a place where you can make profit is on selling product because a lot of the time, once you develop it, right? then you can sell into it and you don't constantly have it having to be spend on it. You got to market it. But if you already have audience, it's free marketing, right? Yeah. We're thinking a lot about products. Now, what do we do currently? The hats 
are are products of sorts. Uh, Snapback Kitchen is a product, right? We went from we could advertise with Subway or Wendy's or McDonald's to now we can sell our own product. So we've got kind of those two things in development from a product standpoint. We are working on like a premium fan subscription for our Discord, which will include other things and, you know, it needs to be valuable back. That's a product to a degree because we need to identify our top fans, offer them a, com- a paid community where they want to be with like-minded people, betting insights, you know, kind of stuff like that. But do we have like a product? Now we're a general sports brand, right? So that is tougher and I... I appreciate you wanting to like actually spend time brainstorming and chatting through when you it's a fun problem yeah when you're so broad right it's a difficult spot that you guys are in because you're so general right now it's not like it's not like us where we're so niche and we're teaching people about this very specific thing so it's like easy fantasy obviously you build fantasy products for us we could go a million ways right like snapback mondays we could essentially build out a travel company or package right that like if people wanted to do it themselves or they like going with their friends right we could build that out as a company it's also like yeah you mean like almost partner with like an itinerary or yeah we like grand scale i mean almost like having a i mean you could offer different packages where like you could if you could get in touch with let's say you offered like a a two game package and a five game package and the two spots were your two favorite spots wherever it was right if you could partner with, you know, your two favorite restaurants in those yep. areas and your two favorite, I don't know, bars yep. or whatever. And that would just be like a events kind of travel company, right? And we could literally build that. There's so many ways to go, which is why it is very fun. Yeah. But you got to, it's a huge investment, right? It's almost like I see trending on Twitter too. It's like buying a house or, or renting, right? And most people are like, buy the house. It's consistent. It's steady, you know. And then renting, you're kind of, it's a lost cost, well, but I, yeah. there's a lot that goes into development and, and you essentially have to start a new company when you're building a product. I also think like this should be a focus for you guys as you're, because you're kind of going down, you're, you're starting almost two new journeys with the focus on the long form yeah. content on YouTube. Yes. And now you're diving into trying to be more product focused. Mm-hmm. Those two should work off of each other. 100%. It should be like a reverse engineering game. Like, 100%. let's just not start a random product that we think we want. And if we do that, let's make sure the content directly links Fits. back yeah. to, yeah, the product that you have. I mean, we could start a sports book. Like, that, yeah. right? Like, that is... Actually, I actually think, yeah, that would be like... That's the most obvious product. Be perfect. We could start. <laughs> we could start a ticketing platform. Every partner we work with, we could build that product. Now, 100%. You're a just, sports book, that's a different, you're, right? It's such a grand scale that it's so hard to exactly. do those things. Whereas which in is fantasy, why, it's so much more minimal. It's like realistic for which us. Which is why partnering makes sense. But if, you know, our audience continues to grow and our fandom continues and we get into long form, right? Then maybe a sports book, right? If we become the top YouTubers who do betting content, launching a sports book makes a lot of sense. I was going to say, have you thought, yeah, I mean, maybe it's down the line, maybe it's in a yeah. year, two years, three years, right. but I almost feel like this, that would be a scenario in which like you might actually take investment money, yeah. you know, be like par- oh, for sure. partner with somebody who knows <laughs> yeah, the we, space, you yeah. know, and be like, yeah. Hey, we're looking to raise five, $10 million yeah. specifically for this product or this venture. Yeah. There's certain businesses that are almost like out of the realm, right? Where it's like, but Jake Paul did it right. That, mm-hmm. And that didn't even fully match what he, he does, in my opinion. But you look at McAfee, right? He's four years, hundred, like he's making $40 million a year. So that fa- he's worth it to FanDuel. Now, if he started his own sports book, he 
that could be worth half a billion dollars, you know, in a year. Yeah. But he's got to raise money. Like, it becomes a whole thing as opposed to there's probably other businesses that can be built. Like, you know, Big Cat did it with the coffee. Portnoy did it with the brick watch. Like, you see the uh, part of my cheesecake, uh, cheesesteak. Uh, oh, you have it? I'm saying, oh, the have, food have you seen? The yeah, food they've, they've had the no, food I, truck. I haven't seen I saw a video of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, all those are all products, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think you see the risk of, a Portnoy starting brick watch thinking and that's you, why you the made content a key, needs to, yeah. right you made a key point which is like don't force it once you get into this content see like I could even see us building out and developing selfie sticks for vloggers right like if people are like mm. hey I love the way you guys shoot your videos and we're using the same thing it's like do we need to use Malfucko, whatever the the tribe Manfrotto <laughs> Manfrotto is or can we just so build our own so yeah product hundred percent top of mind takes a while to develop but like to to give people an uh insight into the process of like getting the hats originally we were just going to get these hats right someone prints on i think richard sends the brand on the back went to china they've got a little bit of customizability yeah customizability and so alex's brother jake suggested if we could velcro like we're going to create a little velcro circle here and we'll have interchangeable patches. So if you meet up with us at Bangles Browns, we'll have a patch for you. If you mm-hmm. meet up, so we'll have snapback money patches, we'll have employee patches, whatever. So it's almost like the profile picture phase on in NFTs. It's like the hat is the look, but this kind of defines. That's pretty cool. And then eventually, hopefully, we can work with all the teams. And you can, that to me is at least a little bit of product development. And we've been going through that for the last month. It's a very simple product development. But yeah, product. You have to start simple. That's, yeah. that's a good yeah. thing. Like you get your one or two base products down, and then you could always develop. Yeah. Like Draft Guide is so easy for you, it's repeatable. Add a new tool the following year. Exactly. If you want to add a different product, then you could upsell after the Draft yeah. Guide. Yeah, it's very yeah. basic building. So are you going to tell us what the product is or because you're kind of in that talking phase, they have interests, you don't want to reveal? Uh, we, I actually... Or is it unimportant? It's just like... No, it a, is important. I, I, uh, I'd rather probably not like yeah. talk about it openly often um, yeah. until like I feel like there's something secure and that yeah, we actually yeah. have it going right now. I actually talked about it in the last vlog that we put out for a while. Tony was filming me as I was on the website and fucking around with it. But speaking of that, you know, we've had uh, the camera going around here a lot yeah. now. We're vlogging a lot. So I've been thinking a lot about this office space and BDG as a whole and what I've always wanted to turn this space into. And from the start, it, it had nothing to do with fantasy football, nothing to do with sports. Yeah. My f- people ask me, like, what's your 5, 10-year plan? I don't think anyone actually expects an answer when you ask somebody that. Really? I, I don't think I've ever been like, do you have a 5, 10-year plan and someone been like, this is where I want Yeah, like, I don't... Well, no, no, I think the person asking expects an answer, but the expectation is like, no one actually yeah, creates that's kind of what plan. I mean. Yeah. yeah, and I've had a very defined, uh, probably 10-year plan of what I wanted this yeah. office to turn into. I want it to be a creative space, right? I'm, I'm sure I've told yeah, you, yeah, talked yeah. To, to you about this before. Creative space open for anyone, no matter what level of creator you're at, to come in and have cameras, lights, mics, audio, computers, whatever you need mm-hmm. in a spot, right? And I don't care if you're in sports. I don't care what like type of creator. You could be a yeah. fucking painter for all I care, right? That's the kind of creative space I, I want to build here. Not from like a business standpoint, though. Not from like a we work, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to charge you to come in. Right, but right, not right. everybody's allowed. It would right. only be people within my network and people right. that I feel like would bring good energy into the space. That's obviously something that needs to happen naturally. That's going to happen over, you know, five, 10 years. Even like having you in here often, yep. just like doing it is, is, is like a beta version of 
hopefully something at scale. Yeah. And I've been thinking more and more about this as I'm looking to bring on full-time fantasy creators. And I'm almost like, man, I feel like a good way to go about doing this and actually making conscious moves to make this happen mm. is almost like starting an incubator within BDGE around fantasy football. Mm. So bringing in younger creators that are in the space, but they would be full-time employees of BDG. Interesting. Right? It's like people who are starting to build their brand that already have a little mojo going. I'm going to say, hey, come work for BDG. You'll help make content for us and with us. You might As I'm trying to like scale out a little bit of yeah. being the face of the fantasy content and bring other people on, bring these younger creators on who are passionate, who are hungry, that, that I know do the good work because they've been doing it already. Bring them on to make content to make products, the products that we already make, they can start helping to take over, take that stuff. And the pitch is almost like, the problem with this is like, I've always, I want to bring people on that are similar to me, right? Even if you're 60% of me, 70% of me in terms of like work ethic, charisma, being able mm -hmm. to be on camera and do that. Those people are hard to find because what I found is once you find the Nick, mm -hmm. the Nick wants to be Nick. Or right. the Nick wants to be his own thing. You know right. what I mean? Like you can't yeah. corral because when I'm 21, there's no way you're corralling me into a full-time job at, at a business, you know? so Well, for a period of time. And that's where like yeah. my pitch kind of comes in and say, listen, you come work with us, work in here for two to three years. Give me like two to three years of your best mm -hmm. shit. I will teach you everything you need to know about becoming a full-time content creator. You're going to work with us, work for us, but we'll help you build your own personal brand. You'll be in front of our audience. I'll show you how to make products. I will mm. show you how to get on calls with agencies and yeah. brands and partners and whatever it is. And us documenting everything going on is almost like a, a circular marketing recruiting tactic in a sense for that. Cause a lot of people will see like, Oh, like, you know, I'm, I want to be in the fantasy space yeah. or whatever. I don't really know how to like be my own individual content creator. I'm like, not to be like narcissistic, but like who better to learn from within yeah. the space doing it than me. So it's mm. like, if I find someone that I resonate with, it's like, come learn from me for a while, work, for us for a little while. By the time you're fucking 25, 26, 27, I'll have taught you everything you need to know to be a full-time mm. creator within the space. So it's almost like the idea of making this creative space probably needs to start from within. Yeah. Like where do I know every aspect of to a certainty that I could teach people from? And I think that will start to resonate when we have six, seven creators in here, just like working off each other, doing a bunch of shit all the time. That resonates, I think, outwardly to other avenues, other industries, other whatever, right? It'll, it'll bring more people that want to be in that mm -hmm. energetic space. And that, that's like what I want to create at the end of the day is like be in a creative space that uh, inspires everybody to be in. Cause I've, I've been around a lot of people that are like that and it always brings my A game out. So being surrounded by those types of people, I feel like it would be cool. So when I wake up in 10 years, I'd love to like walk into an office space where it's just 30 people, 10 creators, 10 editors, 10 people fucking doing whatever they want to do, <laughs> just hanging out. But like me just kind of dipping in and helping people where yeah. I can and with what I can. I feel like that's kind of what Barstool did. They're like an incubator of sorts, right? They give you a full-time job. They let you kind of do whatever. Now, do they have like training and do they get hands-on with Portnoy or, mm -hmm. or their top creators? Probably not, but... It is an incubator of sorts. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn from being there and from what I they document as well. Yeah. So it's definitely a concept that works. I think yours would be 
more hands-on, yeah. more... Uh, I mean, this office is, like, you're on top of everybody all the yeah, time, basically. Yeah, yeah. But in 10 years, I don't know if you'd want to be in here. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think years, it's... 10 years, I'd like to be on the beach retired. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's it's an amazing idea. I think that we're big fans of collaboration, and, and getting people into an office is obviously huge for collaboration. So that that's really, like... The pay, the payment, right, has to be there. That's another thing. A mm-hmm. lot of people, they want to kind of offer some of the things, but not all of them. And it's like, no, you got to give them an out, right? You got to give them training. You got to give them a full-time salary, and you got to give them opportunity. So it's like, it's like you... I have what's the business model, though? Like, if you're not charging them Same to exact here, business right? model. Like, are you just doing... They're making content for us. Right. They're basically like... Replace not replacing. Are they promoting me. products? Yeah, they're they're for making you? our products and right. they're promoting our products and yeah. stuff. So they're learning how to do products, yeah. how to market the products and stuff. But they're doing it under BDG. So that by the time and what if they like think of an idea or develop a product, you just let them run, or is uh, that like your IP? I haven't really thought that far yeah. ahead, honestly. Like you got to also to a line so, of my idea is so innocent, that it's so vibey yeah. that nothing <laughs> yeah. business. It'll be a vibe check at yeah. that point. Um, no, it's incubators. Look, they're. They, they kind of board that line of predatory and, and extremely helpful, right? If, if you do them from the goodness of your heart, right? But then if you get to that scale, normally there's other people who are like, you got to make money doing this, right? Yeah. You, building an incubator, you're building another product. And so now that product could bring in revenue or it could bring in other opportunities for it, revenue. For me, the way growth. I thought about it was like, okay, I don't think anything in our model changes. I think yeah. it's still put out great fantasy content, put out great products within that fantasy content. And then it's like, if people want to build out their own personal brand or like products around that, they're free to do so. I don't know how often I allow them to be like promoting their product mm-hmm. on our stuff, but it would, it, it wouldn't be something I would like actively fight against. I don't think yeah. like, for instance, um, the kid, Noah, Noah Hills, no more parties yeah. who does content on our, our channel. Now our developer that I pay full time, built his site for him. Mm-hmm. We're not getting any kickback on it. Right. I was just like, I I want you to be happy at BDG right. because I know our audience likes you and I want to work with you as often as I can. Um, if this is one of the value props for you, like right. you don't know how to code shit, we have someone that I have on yeah. basically salary right now. I'll let him build it out for you. I'll help you promote your fucking website. Cool. Like if that's what you want, give me two to three years of good ass content. Right. And like, that's, that's, you can't, they don't want to do anything else. So you can't force them to do shit that they don't want to do. I'm like, I want to find the best content creators, figure out what it is that they want, reverse engineer that, give it to them, and then basically squeeze out as much juice for both sides. Do you think there's going to be too many content creators as we're all becoming content creators? There will probably never be too many good ones. Okay. I think it, I almost feel like it will probably help the good ones stand out. Yeah. Because there's probably going to be so many mediocre ones. Yeah. Um, but like you're, you're envisioning 10, 10 people in New York in person, right? So that means how many fantasy creators are there out in the world? Like how many are there right now? I mean, a million, million, but the people that I would bring on, it wouldn't be like, all right, I'm opening like applications. It would probably be like, I'd pick and choose. Of course. But I'm saying like how many, I mean, I'm thinking around the space right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's probably 30, 50 people that like I even follow on Twitter. I, yeah. But even like the people I'm thinking of are not. Yeah. Uh, I would almost, I'd rather like grab a kid who's like 22, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that yeah. has like eh, somewhat of a following, but he's yeah. not like well-known that fits with our brand more so than yeah. having a following in the fucking fantasy community. I don't care about that, but 
Um, it is interesting, I guess. I would I would pick and choose, and it wouldn't be something I'm like probably always actively looking on. Maybe it's like I have two or three at a time, and right. that's like how we operate. Right, if I'm yeah. like our business is great, maybe some of them want to stay on for ten years. Maybe some of them are like, I want to learn, but like also you know yeah. maybe I just want to be here for the long term. Yeah, you know, maybe like they're like I, I want mean ESPN is full time employees of ten plus years. So yeah, yeah. So that, I don't know. I was just kind of like thinking out loud. It's an idea that has been kind of creeping into my head more and more as we're looking at fantasy creators. And I'm like, a lot of the really good ones are just hard to reel in because they want to do their own thing. Yeah. You know? So how do I, how do I try to figure out something that works for both sides? Yeah. It's the same type of hire we're looking for right now. It's like someone to create content for us, be in our content, get paid full time, but also have goals and aspirations that learning from, from us and us, would yours be a big focus on like, hey, we're going to put you on or no? Because I think that's where it could get Put shaky. you on? No, that wouldn't be my pitch. It would be like part of it. Like, hey, right. you're going to use our platform to build your own personal brand. But if we're going to talk about like what you're really going to get out of this outside mm -hmm. of getting paid a fucking salary yeah. or whatever, which is like should already, if you're, you know, if you're fucking young 20s and yeah. getting paid full time to do fantasy content, that should be a dub already. Yeah. But it's more so like learning. Dubs in the chat. Dubs in the chat. <laughs> learning from me. <laughs> And understanding how to operate yourself yeah. after. Yeah. Having that knowledge, you know, you're going to build a personal brand, like, regardless yeah. of whether or not, you know. If you document everything in here, yeah, characters will, will exactly. come from That's that. the other, like, That's, beautiful part yeah. is, like, other people from the outside that are the best content creators that normally would be, like, I want to do my own thing might be, like, man, I kind of want to be a part of that. Yeah. Even if it's just for a two or four year span of my, yeah. of my, my younger, you know, my younger spot, so. Okay. Are we doing Q&A or you have more? That was kind of all I had, okay. I think, for right now. I'm down to going to Q&A. Let's do it. Great action in the Discord. Um, a lot of action. Yeah, I posted everywhere. I, th I threw it in the yeah. all the Discords I had. I'll just rip this first question quickly. I don't even know how to say your name, Zots. Is that Verzi? Are you still keen on having your full-time employees being in office? If so, do you don't think that would hinder your ability to grow, especially when you're in an industry that's very easily remote? So I think we think of it like you, you guys think of me in the fantasy football industry. I think of us as in the creator industry. Um, I've definitely gotten more open to the idea, uh, you know, Noah, the other guy who puts out a lot of fantasy content on our channel lives in Idaho. He doesn't want to move to New York. I like his content enough that I can forego that. It's not the direction I want to build in. As you can see, like the cycle I just kind of explained won't work if everybody's just remote all the time. Again, I want people in office. That's the way I could teach people how to understand this game. It's the way we could document the process of everything. So Keen on it, uh, I, I would think there are definitely spots, like if we or if we end up hiring another developer or getting outside work for that, very much open on that being someone not in the office. When we hired our first guy, Chris, I was very, very keen on making sure that that person can be in the office so we could all work together. He's out in Brooklyn, so he can come into the office, and he usually does once a week, sometimes twice a week. There have been stretches for like a month or two at a time where he just like doesn't come into the office, yeah. and don't think it has really impacted our work. We get on calls two or three times a week, so it stays that. Um, I think that was... Probably a little bit of a learning curve for me, but I think once we were getting grounded foundationally, I was like, I want to make sure I can have as much face-to-face -face and like yeah. understand people's energy um, as much as possible. If if you're, I mean, from an employer standpoint, maybe it's easier said than done, but from an employee standpoint, like if you like your job and the office is a good environment, like I prefer going into the office. Now, if it's Friday 
or I'm hungover, or I don't feel well, or I got to leave early for the airport, whatever, that flexibility, I think, should always be there. Like today, I had to be home for the couch getting delivered. That's nice. You don't need to be in every single second. But I do think the default should be in the office, especially in the content creation space. Yeah, just like being around be, people. You need, you need around energy. Around you just do. It's like, realistically, we could almost every job we have in here could be remote. But again, like that's just not what I want from yeah. a company. It's like my goal running this business is not to be like, let's produce the most volume of content right. that is edited. Like my my goal is to do those things. But this other part of like having the people around is also literally like a goal of mine. Yeah. It's also something that I want to be a part of the business. It's, it's, it's not the business I want if we don't mm -hmm. actually have that stuff. Also, I think I said this too. I, I kind of regret not pushing more to have you guys in yeah. office to like have you when you were like looking for your apartment being yeah. like don't worry about the two bedroom yeah. like literally pay me like a thousand dollars rent a month and you guys can work at it here yeah because we have so much open space but if you're gonna be here for 10 years i actually have to make a decision on <laughs> this office space probably we have a crazy it's a two-year lease yeah with a three-year option afterwards. Yeah. oh a three-year three-year it's Holy like zero shit. or three and i'm like Holy i can't shit. do that shit right dmel what are the essential things a good possible a good podcast hosted by one person should have about it. Mine is about sports and I try to have topics listed on screen. Be sure to tell the audience the plan and pick topics that can lead to debate and conversation. One man show. I think the things you named like the list, telling people what they're going to get, et cetera, is important from my experience. I think genuine charisma is like the number one thing. Mm -hmm. I think if you do the work to make the content good, if you're energetic and you're like excited about showing up for it, that will translate into good content. Of course, you could always up the production. You could always, you know, do those kind of things where it's like, oh, you know what? We're the retention's better in the first five yeah. seconds because we did this and now we have things on screen. I think you should be striving to work on those things. It, those aren't things that I necessarily like really actively pay attention to. I mean, you do a lot of solo content on like TikTok, you do videos like that and yeah. stuff. What do you, what do you, think of when you're like I, i'm stepping on to the screen as a one person thing is there like specific solo content you get to create for the viewer so whether that's a high dosage of like q a because you're answering their questions directly um i think just generally like from what i've seen is you got to be all in on it like you almost have to make it your personality it's like this is my show. I do this. My friends know I do this. My family knows I do you this. You have to be. And you have to be. Like, once you could do that, then you then it becomes you. You know? And, exactly. And then, and then you could be, like, your genuine self on screen. Right. And then when... And then everything relates back to the show. And I think it's what makes, like, some someone that comes to mind is, like, part of my take, everything that happens in the sports world they relate back to their podcast. They're doing a million other things, but like that's their thing. And so I just think that that's like, for me, it's been problematic. Like I'm spread so thin. And so some things relate to this, some relate to this. And so I would suggest for a new creator who's doing solo stuff, make that show. It's your show. It's like Danny Miranda, who we talk about all the time. He does that. Like every, he does a newsletter. He does other shit, but like, it's the Danny Miranda show. Everything that's relates. his product. That's yeah. his thing. I would say you got to make content for the viewer because it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. I wouldn't just like do hot takes to do hot takes. I would I would come at it from an angle. Be your, uh, you got to be yourself. I think that's the first thing. I think it's so easy to like immediately tell when people are just like putting on a weird act for yeah. content. If, for me, it's like the biggest turnoff. If I yeah. ever go through like a talking head video and it's just like someone that I'm like, this is. 
Like, you're not like this if I met you outside yeah. of this video. Yeah. There's no chance I'm watching that shit. So yeah. the more comfortable you can get with that being, like you said, you know, your life and something that you're 100% buying into, the more that's going to flow through your content. I think I think is a lot of reason, the reason people, like, resonate with my content when I'm one-on-one -on -one and sitting there and talking for 30 minutes is because you know that if you had walked into that room, I'm not going to be any different on camera as I am off camera. And yeah. I think people really, that's going to be, you know, the relationship people have with successful creators, I think, over the next five, 10 years. Yep. Uh, Kelsey asked, does your success change the way that you interact with everyday people? As in, do you turn normal interactions into networking? And also, does it ever cross your mind that certain people only interact with you because of your success? <laughs> I almost feel like you could probably relate to this more so because you have a very big network. So you're meeting yeah. a lot of people that are successful or trying to be successful. Alex, who's, who's my business partner, business manager, he's like the god of networking. I kind of like let him do that. Now, I, I have learned over the years and I, I'm fairly good at it. Almost to where he's like, dude, you like need to go. For example, I had court access at the all-star game and like I've had Mark Cuban like on a podcast before we've exchanged emails, you know, from snapback to him. Not that he would necessarily know who I am. Alex was like, yo, go say what up, say that you work with underdog, which he's an investor in. And I'm like, ah, it's just not like I would be the same way. Yeah. It's just not. Like, I get it. There's nothing in that moment where he's going to be like, oh, great, here's a million dollars or here's a connection. But it, it is good to show face. So I haven't really done that. Uh, most of my – I don't want to say networking is not genuine, but getting over this feeling of, like, asking people for stuff or, like, having an angle versus just, like, a genuine interaction, which I genuinely believe if you are genuine – and you're interested in someone that something will develop from that. So good example working off of you brought up Danny Miranda. Yeah. And the way I knew I followed Danny on Twitter because he was this is when like NFT started popping off. He was working for Lucky Trader. Yep. And uh, I was like, OK, cool, like cool company, young kid. He's like passionate, whatever. Yeah. Followed him on Twitter. We went to uh, that creator startup house or whatever in Chelsea one day and I reckon I, Danny just happened to have been there yeah. and I knew him and I was like, cool. I, I just genuinely like connecting yeah. with other people that I feel like are, are creating or are passionate about things. So I think for me, when I'm looking at networking, I'm pretty intentional with networking, right. but I'm selective. I'm very selective with it. You know, I don't, I'm not like just trying to network with everybody, yeah. but it's almost like when I have my eyes or target set on somebody, I'm like, I want to become friends with that person. Yeah. I want to network with that person. I, it's almost like I do research beforehand to know that we'll be, connected in some way yeah. anyways everyday interactions I actually so I was, I was i was hanging out with a friend uh like last weekend or whatever and they're moving to new york in like two weeks they were like one of the reasons i'm even moving to new york is because like casey neistat mm. inspires the shit out of me like i love casey's vlogs yeah. it makes me like fall in love with new york and and she had lived in New York. For, it ain't that good. Don't she, had, she had, I mean, I, I disagree. She had lived in New York uh, for like a year last, or for, for a few months yeah. last year or whatever. And she was like, I want to come back. And she was like, this just kept inspiring me yeah. to come back or whatever. She was like, I have this plan. Like, I'm going to go on the West Side Highway and run every day because I know that Casey does that or yeah. whatever. And I want to like, just say what's up. And I want to like, talk to him. And she was, she was kind of like in flux with how she would approach him about like, do I go up and ask for a picture? Because everybody asks for a picture. And I think once you do that, maybe the relationship changes yeah. a little bit. Do I go up and just like start talking to him? And I was like, honestly, being in New York and especially in this area or whatever, I've ran into, I've ran into probably like 80% of the creators that I follow at some point, yeah. like a Prez, just all these people that I'm like, I look up to. 
for me, the easiest thing in the world is just to go up and be like, yeah, I really admire your work. Like you're someone you like, you've inspired me. You know what I mean? Like I really enjoy like this, this or this. You can get specific with it. And I think that's a really easy opener for it. I've never come across somebody that I've gone up and talked to in that, in that vein and them being not receptive to it. You know, like all these people are super, super nice. And on, and on the flip side, like you and I have had many people come up to us and, you know, said that they love what we're doing or like, oh, I know you from TikTok or YouTube or whatever. And I'm never, I always try to keep the conversation going. Yeah. You know, even if they're like, oh, I love your shit. And there's like nothing after that. I'm always like, yeah, what's your name? Like, where are you I, from? I, it starts becoming an interview on them because Correct. most people yeah. don't. So it's but like I, they're going to meet you once. You don't want them to be like, oh man, like. I don't know. Like No, but th- once they say they admire your work or I'm a big fan, they don't normally have much else to do. But like in, but I in would your never friend's approach case, somebody unless I genuinely did, is what right. I'm saying. You know what But I, in your friend's case, is her goal not just to meet him but like get a job, talk, no, no. like anything. Just talk. Because like. I think for some people my advice would be you gotta kinda gauge like where they're at in life, how many times this has probably happened. But if you're only gonna see that person once in New York you, you do need to make that ask at that moment. Yeah, but you got to like do it the net, right way. Yeah, you don't want to go up and be like, hey, can I have a job? But you want to be like, hey, I do this. You inspire me. You're awesome. What could I do? Like, what what would your advice be to get in the door? I don't think there's a world in which my first conversation with somebody also involved an ask. I think a first conversation. No one's ever asked you or you're saying you would no, never. No, no, no. There there's definitely yeah. people that have asked me right. for internships or whatever. But like, all right. Would so, never work. so if someone thought Nick or Kalana was awesome and wanted a job, I would walk up to you. I would say, yeah, I love your work. I love how you express yourself through the vlogs. I know you're hot. I know you're looking to do this in the future. I would love to do this. I could do this. Whatever. Can we stay in touch? Yeah, that I could be like, yeah, you could email me um, if you have any, you, you know, you want to do this. Yeah. What have you done that lets me know that you're capable of right. doing this? Like that, that I will give you the chance to like yeah. present yourself, but 95% of people want to do a thing that they've never done. Exactly. And I'm like, that's fine. They just but, want the job and then they'll figure it out. Exactly. And I'm just like, we're never going to be looking for that. Right. Um, Which is why I always say like, start the podcast, start the YouTube channel, because if we ever get to that point, like you know, people, when we're trying to hire a video editor are like, yeah, I haven't really done it. It's like you, maybe you could do it, but I'm going to go with someone who has done it prior. So no one in my life, at least I think is like trying to, you know, use me to get to someone or is trying, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the future, but it definitely has not happened. And I'm not like big time enough that like, you know, I, and I, I wouldn't have a problem saying no. You know, if, if that were the case. Yeah. Um, let's switch up the energy a little bit. What's your favorite uh, Smitty, Michael Smith? What's your favorite bar slash tavern game? Game. Game. Oh, game? Shots? <laughs> I, I, I honestly, like, it's not. I've always wanted to be the guy who, like, walks downstairs to the local bar, knows the bartender. They know my drink. They know my order. I know the locals. I move so much. It's just never developed. Now we're in a multi-year lease. Maybe, maybe. So what does that have to do with the game? I'm just saying, like, I don't go to bar. Truthfully, I, when I go to bars, it's like to drink with my friends. We're not at, like, a tavern just playing. Uh, if I had to pick, what are the games? Okay. Pool, so I can give you darts. So I was at this, I was at a bar. Pool eight, darts or what? I was at, um, you ever been to Ace Bar in East Village? Mm. Right, Ace Bar has got, like, big open area where it has pool 
darts, um, like cornhole, ski ball. Okay, I love ski ball. Um, I've also what's the game where you slide? Yeah, that that bullshit. Yeah. Curling on sand. Yeah, you know what we did when we actually got there? We asked the bartender. This is weird. I've never done this before, and I wasn't the one who did this. <laughs> but they asked the bartender for um, a deck of cards, mm. and they have these big open tables, and we yeah. were playing. We were playing yeah. like ride the bus or whatever yeah. on the table. And actually, now I'm a thinking drinking about game it, or but, like a, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a drinking game. But it was Montana who asked for the cards. Montana worked a tailgate in yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah. Tailgate's got some good games. Giant Jenga. Giant Jenga's fire. I've never even seen that. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that's those are By really the fun bathrooms, games. maybe. No, they're like you can. I think you might have to ask for them, yeah. and they bring them out to the oh, table okay. or something. But like any of the. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. I got bar you. tavern game. Yeah, I guess that's not necessarily a bar tavern game. Yeah. Though. What? Are the, yeah, I don't know what other bar tavern. Cornhole. Like, would you consider cornhole? That's like a drinking game. Maybe is that a bar tavern game? I mean, it's a game that you might play at an outdoor. Are you good bar. at cornhole? Uh, I could probably go D one in cornhole. <laughs> I'd probably go. Cornhole. No, I'm not that good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I love bar game, but the, I don't know. Like sometimes if you're out in like Austin or something, I feel like yeah. some of those bars have like awesome games. Any of the giant games will get me going. Yeah. yeah. I'm not opposed to them. I just don't, unfortunately, find it's like you got no, you know play. what I, and you know, what's interesting on this you're topic, not a fierce competitor. I'm a very fierce competitor, but I am thinking about quitting drinking. Mm, I don't know if quitting drinking is the right way. I'm thinking because of last weekend. No, well, partially. So, so, uh, Two, so, all right, here's the chain of events. I go I, I go to Super Bowl. I threw up because I've been having this, like, esophageal issue. Okay. Uh, and I noticed when drinking, that's actually when it happens. It, it has something to do with chewing food, actually, um, not to do with the drinking. But coming off that, before I got checked out, I was just like, I had watched a video of my friend who talked about, like, how not drinking, all this stuff. And then I... Uh, before I went to the doctor, I was just like, all right, I'm not going to drink this week. It's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then I went to NBA all-star, which is a huge drinking weekend. Every party you're at is free drinks, all that stuff. And I was like, I don't know. Like, do I need to drink? I'll, I'll put it to the test in like a real weekend when people are going out and I didn't drink. I'm socially, I'm fine. You know, we networked, we, we were out late. It was, it was perfectly fine. Um, and I didn't feel the urge to drink now then it was the second week going into vacation. So now I'm at like two weeks and our vacation's starting. And I was like, I don't feel better. I don't feel different. Like I'm not really getting the feeling that like, I don't need to drink. Um, and, but I'm also not craving a drink. So I don't know. So I finally got drunk and hung over and went out till three in the morning and it just ruined my Sunday. And now I'm like, I don't want to like make this grand statement that I'm quitting drinking, but I really just don't need a drink. But then there's moments where I'm like, I love to have a drink. So I'm really just in the, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's socially like I had a, this feels like, this feels like you're just coming off of a lot of drinking and you're just like, it didn't, didn't feel like it benefited my life. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still something you probably want. Yeah, I, w- I just wouldn't make a statement about it and just drink yeah. as much as you want. How like how often were you drinking? Let's say let's rewind three months. Say you're in New York for three months in a row. How many how many nights a week are you drinking? <laughs> this has never happened. But Monday Monday through Thursday, I do not drink. Okay. But then every once in a while, like if I go to a Knicks game on Tuesday Wednesday night, I'm not having a drink. Uh, if we got dinner Thursday night, maybe I have a drink there. Friday and Saturday, but just one drink. drink. You're not like, going out to get drunk. Uh, 
Correct. I mean, but you're just wondering. It, it happens. Drunk, it so happens. You didn't know how to answer that. But then, like, I don't really brunch on Sundays and drink. Like, it's Fucking really. Hell. I know. It's really. Oh, wait. F- yeah. Wait. Where were you? Sorry. I, I, yeah. Where I was at twelve chairs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just. It was a, we didn't drink like, but I was out all night the night before. Oh, so that memo you fucking posted was not alcoholic. Oh yeah. That was just an orange juice. (laughs) Um, I was ready to pull up where you were. I'm not drinking like many nights, but I'm drinking a lot. Maybe when I am drinking, uh, it's like if I'm drinking, I might as well get hung over. Um, Mm. so I don't know. It, it's, it's just a thought that's out there off the bar tavern, especially as you talk about like efficiency in the workplace and efficiency of life. Like, you know, we work weekends, we work nights. I need sleep. Yeah. You know? I definitely forego a lot of drinking just for yeah. the sake of, I'd rather feel better in the morning. Right. Than and I don't know if I ever made that decision before. Really? Yeah. I actually started making that decision consciously when I was probably like 22. Yeah. I was, no, I never did. That. I partied a lot. I probably started partying maybe when I was like 15, 16 in yeah. high school all throughout high school, all throughout college. And then as soon as I got out of college is when I really started getting serious about this. Mm-hmm. And all the friends I had basically made up till that point were yeah. like, you're very typical, you know, yeah. let's go out and get blacked out on like yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's fun, man. It is. It, I, I still love doing it from yeah. time to time, you know, and I found that it actually like, but now it's like a, it's like a bad investment is how it's a I bad think inv- about uh, it. Not for me. It, I, it's going to, it's going right. to be personal it's for you. It's fun, but yeah. No, no, no. It like reinvigorates me. It yeah. like re almost inspires me to, to a point. Cause it's so <laughs> opposite of what I'm doing work wise. Yeah. that sometimes you, it, it brings out, you know, things that either happened in the past or like things that you weren't thinking about or don't happen. Like you're not really having wild nights if you're not like drinking for the most part. Yeah. Right. And like a lot of that shit will happen and be like, ah, that was funny. Like, I wonder if we can work that into what we're doing over here. Mm-hmm. Or I wonder if I, I want to do something that I thought of, you know, while I was doing this or whatever. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just like a lack of having good social, uh, <laughs> norms without without being able to drink kind of yeah. stuff. But that's the way I found my life. But I've been doing that very consciously since I was like early 20s. Um, and well, at like first on it was Sunday you were drinking. Yeah. And that was the first time that was the first time I day drank since like the world cup when yeah. I saw you yeah. like fucking four months yeah. ago or whatever. Oh, I love day drinking. Like classic. I'll do it the summer a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, but I don't go out at night very often. Like yeah. I'll go out on like, I'll go out for like someone's birthday every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but like when you're not 24, 25, it's not, there's not a birthday every weekend in the city. Yeah. You know, my friends don't, a lot of my friends don't live here. Yeah. Uh, I'll go out and drink. Like if I'm going out with a girl or something, but like, it's, it's very pick and choosy and I don't, I never, I don't, I don't ever go out drinking for the sake of drinking. Right. Like if someone hits me up, it's like, it's Friday, let's go out drinking. I'm just like, I, I it serves no purpose for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think, I think it's good and bad for me. I, I, I still love going out and getting f- fucked up, yeah. you know? Um, but like, I do understand what consequences come with it. Yeah. For sure. It's just, it's just the, the perils of life. <laughs> the perils. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Perils of pale ale. Um, <laughs> Ooh, this is one I kind of almost want to. Hmm. Here's a good one, Nick. Why don't you have an app for BDGE? Um, that feels like a long conversation on product. It does feel like a long conversation on product. I almost feel like in order to create an app, you have to have like a very specific purpose behind it. Yeah. And if we were to create an app, it's like, we have content on so many platforms. We have some products, we have sponsorship. Like Matt Berry created an app, right? Fantasy, Fantasy Life. Life. My, my feeling on this, because we get asked all the time, is 
and this is the future and and I get inspired by it and why I actually think that your incubator program I wouldn't put them necessarily under the BDGE umbrella is the decentralization of media and like I I genuinely do not believe that Snapback has the best content articles analytics numbers data picks whatever it is on every sport ever so to consolidate into an app and to say only look at us only look at us only look at us and not look at bleacher and barstool and tnt and vsin and action network it just like it doesn't feel smart to me um so that's that's always been my opinion on an app we tried to make an app like two or three years ago i think and the only reason the only way we would even make an app is for a specific product if we wanted to make the draft guide easier to use more friendly on mobile then we would do that but right now we've actually got it to a pretty good spot but the only reason we would do it yeah is for that specific purpose for ease of use for the customer the apps always run smoother um but those you know those are a big undertaking again and then you need to have hire someone that's like very specific to that type of coding and it's this whole undertaking where it's like is a delta between the way my product would run on mobile versus an actual app worth you know the 50k investment and all looking for the coder and all that kind of stuff so yeah. it's like app maybe that feels like a a long-term Do people want more apps that's the thing too. well yeah someone was asking like yeah. I, i've had people ask us over the years yeah. like you're gonna make an app but it's not anywhere to but the are they where... saying we want an app for this reason i feel no, like it's just no. like do we have is yeah. there like gonna be an app for bdg and it's right. just like i don't even know what that means yeah. realistically um will the nfl betting world ever be accessible in the uk i can't use any better sites like prize picks or underdog in the uk there's probably a market for it now there's a huge fan base here these days um i think this is a conversation that i'd almost want to have more research on to come yeah. in like maybe timeline or like why the UK doesn't have <laughs> I don't it need yet. to research. I'll tell you, yes, you guys will be able to bet on the, I mean, can they not bet on sports books or they're saying they want to do it on the props? Um, maybe the market. Will the NFL betting doing. world ever be accessible in the UK? I can't use any better sites like prize picks or underdog in the UK. So maybe they can with sports books, but like yeah. prize picks and underdog obviously right. operate differently. Yeah. The, but I almost think that would be a cool, this is the first time I'm kind of thinking yeah. of this way this entire episode, but it, that almost might be a cool clip to have for like TikTok being like explaining why it's like you can gamble here. You can't gamble here yeah. where it might be open and shit like that. But I just, yeah. I don't know the info off the top of my head. You'll be able to bet on the NFL. If you come, if you come, if you become a fantasy creator and work on our incubator, you could bet in New York. Yeah, that's it's true. open here. Um, that, That's probably all the questions. Okay. Had. Maybe more, but nice round hour, seven minutes and 16 seconds just like we planned it. Anything else? Any parting words? You want to go get a drink? <laughs> well, tomorrow, Thursday, is day one of the NCAA tournament. It is the least productive day in the business world. Uh, would you have a drink on Thursday? Will you watch the games? Do you give a shit? It's also St. Paddy's, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Damn. I think uh, Friday. Or, yeah. I, I won't, like, I won't probably match the fact that those things are going on yeah. to me drinking. Yeah. Um, if I, there are very random selective days where I'm just like, I might wake up tomorrow and be like, it's St. Fucking Patty's day. Like, let's go. <laughs> I might just like be a shell in my apartment yeah. for the whole day. So yeah. that's kind of like pick and choose. St. Patty's day is fun in the city. So it might be something I want to commit to, but, but I'm going out. Like I already have plans Friday night, which is basically a like birthday or just a drink. Uh, Cause you an, said an album home. release party actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, you know, big time type, yeah, type beat over time. here. So that kind of like makes me not want to go out Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I, I very rarely want to do like back to back shifts yeah. unless I know going into it. Like when we went to Penn State for the weekend, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be drunk for like 
48, 72 right. straight hours, yeah. I'm good to go. I just yeah. know it going in. But yeah. if I could choose not to do that, I will. Yeah, so Texas plays at like 7.30 tomorrow. So yeah. me and my friends were like, oh, what should we do for the game? And everyone's initial instinct is like, let's go to a bar, mm-hmm. right? And we'll drink. And it, I'm like, it's a two-hour game. Come to my apartment. We'll watch. We'll cheer. We can hear the sound. Like, yeah. I don't... If people want to drink, they they obviously can. And I'm like, do I want to drink? Like, I don't know. But, yeah. yeah. You get fucked up tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I'll let you know. All right. Join the Discord. Thumbs up. Subscribe. All that good sheesh. We're live, right? We're back. We're... Some are saying we have more sh- uh, concurrent viewers in, in, <laughs> than Pat McAfee. Than Pat McAfee. Yeah. Um, Thirty-minute mark. You got remember to uh, camera. Mine works. It doesn't turn off. We might have a different camera. Uh, I've, that one's a seven R, maybe. Uh, we have a like few different super seven. cheap one or something. Like it's you got like a discount store down the road or something it's more it's more like photography focused oh gotcha but it just does everything that's why you're wearing the hat for the for the thumb pictures (laughs) i already have to pee that's not good you can go we're still in credit it's on company time at this point i don't want to waste yeah and my day rate i mean you take a piss that's like 10 g's your big content Rate is zero. It's literally <laughs> negative. <laughs> it's <worse>. like, <laughs> you need to be paying to be on my fucking channel right now.